0: Anything Combat with Johnny K. But it's Anything Combat, though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K. And today we're joined by a previous interim welterweight champion in Bellator who's fighting Brennan Ward on August 11th. Logan Storley, how are you today?
1: Doing well. Uh, just got back from Vegas after the Lawler fight. So, you know, the spirits are high. And, um, you know, thanks for having me on
0: what was that feeling like what were the emotions for that lawler fight i just want to ask you that because when i saw robbie fight i truly believe that there's a mental block when it comes to fighting and the robbie of old that tapped into that fifth round lawler that everything's precise powers there, speed ferocious fighting style that no one can contend with I feel like he must have tapped into that for the first 38 seconds of that fight to put Nico Price away. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, you know, it was a uh, he was very relaxed and loose all week. Um and then he we checked in at 3:34 o'clock. Um he did his walk about 6:30. He was just, you know, he kind of said it in his interview around 2:30. I think someone came up and was like, "I love you, Robbie." And he was like, I don't know. I just got this good feeling, and he walked in, and he was he was smiling and bouncing, and he's like, my body feels good. My body feels good, and that's when you kind of know when Rob's when Rob's bouncing and 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 smiling and loose. I mean, he's the one of the, he's the most dangerous guy there is, you know. And we've seen it in the past, and getting in that tunnel when everyone's up on their feet, everyone stopped. Uh, I mean, it's like in, unlike anything I've ever experienced and been part of, and. I've been a lot of a part of a lot of high level moments in competition from wrestling to you know, MMA. But that was a special one, you know, what, what Robbie's done in the sport of MMA and uh you know, you do the walkthrough and everyone's on their feet and then Rob always does his, you know, stands there and I saw the, the tears a little bit before he so it was a it was a long day of a lot of highs and lows. Not not lows, but just it's emotional day, you know, twenty, what is it? 21, 22-year careers coming to an end. And um, so, yeah, you know, seeing him get in there. And then when he hit that, you know, I hit him a little behind the ear. And when he didn't pull guard or jump back up, it was just like, oh, my gosh. you I don't think you can write it better. I think that was honestly, I truly believe that was the greatest retirement fight in UFC history. I really, really, truly believe that. International fight week. A 38-second knockout and the legend of Robbie Lawler, who everyone loves.
0: I was actually going to ask you if that was one of the best retirements we've seen, because there's been a lot of previous champions that unfortunately have gone on like a four-fight losing skid. And Robbie wasn't one of those fighters. As much as he might have had a couple losses here and there at the end of his career, he still ended with that one performance that you need to say, all right, I'm done. McGregor tweeted that, oh, Robbie's not done. He's going to fight again. I don't think Robbie's fighting again. How do you feel about that?
1: No, you know, after, afterwards, um, you know, we were all back there and his wife and people that have been around him, you know, his whole family. And, and I mean, I think everyone just saw the same thing as, yes, we saw the, the killer come out, the guy who, you know, when that Robbie's in there, he can beat anyone but there's also the the flip side of it if that fight would have went the opposite way you know that's what usually happens in MMA is you you have a fight like that and then you try to wait it out let's do one more and then it you know you don't get the the fairy tale ending and you know i don't know i rob i think he's done with MMA 100% he's done in the UFC done with MMA you know with all these you know things coming up now who knows you know if he finds something fun to you know, a fun fight or something like that. But I think in MMA and in the UFC, Rob's done. And you can't write a better a better ending. An end
0: to a career that was absolutely amazing. What was your favorite Robbie Lawler fight? To be honest, people say that Rory McDonald's fight with him is their favorite. That's the go-to. But I actually really like the Carlos Condit fight. I think that's one of the most underrated title fights in UFC history. Absolute war.
1: I was there in person uh, in MGM when he fought Carlos and I was in Vegas, you know, so I've I've been around for the the title fights and so who's, you know, the the first, the Rory fight was just unbelievable. Um, The Condit fight was so razor thin that I think that's kind of why the the Rory fight sways it over is the way it ended. Um, And then, so, you know, for me personally, that fight, you know, those fights are great. But like the emotion of this last one, and being in the corner, and just I don't know, Robbie finally getting all that love. He you know he always gets love, but everyone on their feet, every single person in the front row, of the, the UFC, and the fairy tale ending to me, that's hard to beat. You know, just that moment, and we're you know a day after it, but God, I, it was special. You know, that was just such a special moment um but for fights wise i would i would probably have to say the rory fight because i I went down and helped him for two days and got to you know see his preparations um for that fight and then to see him put it all together was pretty pretty awesome and to you know defend that belt
0: i want to ask you about your career though so you fought yaroslav amosov and he is a really really good fight he's undefeated But I want to ask you, seeing that you've had experience in the cage with him twice, if he went to the UFC now in the current welterweight picture, how do you think he does?
1: Yeah, no. So I I think, you know, between Yaroslav and myself, um, I've trained with the best guys at 170 at at Killcliffe, you know, from Robbie to Gilbert to Kamaru, Ian Gary, Bilal's been in there, um, Vicente Luque. uh... Have you trained with Shavkat Rachmanov? Yeah, Shavka, Yeah. That's another one. So that's how many guys in the top ten, right there.
0: Top fifteen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Seven. So um, at the end of the day, I know I know where my level is. I know where Yaroslav's level is, and you know, I think we're both very confident that we can beat anybody in the world in any in. It doesn't matter what organization. So um, yeah, I think Yaroslav would go over there and do extremely well. Um, you know, Colby and, um, Leon coming up, I think that Yaroslav would, for the Colby fight, I really think that he would get the better of Colby and the Leon fight would be very, um, very interesting. And, you know, we saw, um, Kamaru get to his takedowns, you know, and, and Leon did a great job in the second fight. And so it's, it's really just comes down to matchups and it's crazy how much, you know, length and style can change a fight. One guy can make it look easy, and the next guy, it's a split decision, and then that guy just beats up on that guy. You know, MMA is just so crazy because it it, it really comes down to um, the matchups and styles. The matchups and styles
0: are so interesting because Yaroslav, after watching his tape, I was just pretty intrigued about the fact that he stayed undefeated, and he's got some sleeper record. Like, what a ridiculous record that people don't actually know about. Moving on, I wanna ask you about your nickname. So how did you
1: get Storm? Who gave it to you? What's the story behind it? Yeah, when when Twitter first uh when you first got Twitter in high school, it wasn't you didn't use your name, you used like a nickname. Um so I just put Storly Storm and then it kind of uh kind of stuck from there. And then our Minnesota Wrestling, their club was Minnesota Storm. And so I just kinda of kept and it made
0: sense. I think I did some research and found that uh you had a degree or that you were educated. What does education mean to you?
1: Yeah, so I went to the University of Minnesota, went for business marketing. Uh the nice thing about the, the crazy thing about fighting is you never know what's gonna happen, right? In in one fight, you know, your whole career can change and you might not be the same guy or you could get hurt, and so for young guys coming up, it was always important to have a You don't want to have a plan B, right? You you stick to your plan A, but you got to prepare for the worst. And so for me, that was um, having my degree and and the ability to go do other things put me at ease when I go fight right away. Because I knew that you know if things didn't work out or if I did get hurt, that I could go to something else. And so it just really freed me up to um, have fun competing and enjoy it. And I'm really doing it because I love it, not because I absolutely have to. I can go do something else.
0: At the University of Minnesota, you were an amazing freestyle wrestler. I want to ask you what that time in your life was like, and if you can run us through your experience of wrestling at the uni.
1: Yeah, the University of Minnesota was great. Um, it made me who I was. Um, really really got tough um, with that Big Ten schedule and wrestling the best guys in the country week in and week out. And so making weight, wrestling a top 10 guy every single weekend is really what um, not MMA. Obviously is not easy, but it made the process a lot easier for me. And, you know, I had a great team We won three national dual titles. We got second, third, second um, in the country while I was there, made great friends and it made me the competitor who I am today. It was just being around a great group of individuals who, we're all chasing the same goal.
0: In my opinion, your best win is Michael Venom Page. Would you agree with this statement, or would you think that you have a better win in your record?
1: Yeah, you know the MVP win was huge when to get the belt. Um, but the Neiman Gracie fight was a lot of fun because I came out of my shell and stood, you know, stood and banged for 25 minutes, and that was a lot of uh, that was a lot of fun for me and got to show everyone kind of, you know, that they were wrong.
0: When I was looking through your record on Sherdog, I saw that you fought Walking Buckley. So what do you think about him and his um, emergence as some superstar due to the fact that he got that insane spinning back kick?
1: Yeah, you know, it's great for, you know, when you fight a guy, you want him to continue to have success. If he goes somewhere else, you know, um, or continue to get wins. Cause it just shows that your record was that you fought the best guys. Um, and I actually just ran into him at the UFC PI on, uh, on Thursday. <laughs> and we, he started laughing. I haven't seen him in forever. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's exciting for him and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he's having a great career over there and, and doing well. Um, so it's cool to see. What was the uh, conversation like? Uh, you know, he just laughed and said, you know, kind of shook his head and, you know, he's like this guy, you know, I hadn't seen him for a while and had to give me a hard time. So, you know, it was funny, um, when you, you know, you, you shared a cage with a guy that you have a lot of respect for him. And, um, so it was just a, it was a funny moment and kind of talked for a little bit and just checking in and seeing how everything was.
0: So you brought up Kilcliffe. What an amazing gym. I just want to ask you, when did you start there? And what do you think about all the guys that work there?
1: Yeah, so I, I came down to Florida in 2017 when we were at Combat Club. Then we went to Hard Knocks. And then we turned into uh, Sanford and then Kilcliffe. So I, I was there from the very start before. I mean, I wasn't there during the Black Zillion phase which, you know, it changed into, but uh, I was, you know, I was around for the last seven, six, seven years down here and got to be around everyone and got to meet, you know, became really close with Robbie Lawler, Mike Chandler, Luke Rockhold, Michael Johnson, Gilbert, you know, those are the guys that were my teammates. Um, And so it's it's cool to see where we all have kind of ended up and the journey that we've been on. And now the team's just continuing to grow and is getting, uh, um, yeah, the team's continuing to grow and we're getting a lot of young guys from all over the world. You know, we got, I think we represent close to 30, 30 countries in that gym. Um, so it, it's fun. You know, it's a fun time. We have, uh, you know, you got your highs and lows. When you got that many guys in the gym, you know, you don't have just a small group of, of just killers you got guys all over the place and so we're gonna you know we went through some really really highs of just winning almost every fight and then we've been through some valleys you know where we've struggled a little bit and but that's what happens when you're you're at a big gym and everybody's in top organizations fighting the best guys Uh, so it's fun to see your teammates go out there and get wins and compete and you know, it's exciting for all of us just to see the success of the whole group, the whole core. And so that's really something I like about Killcliff that we've done really well is it's a it's a team. You know, guys aren't going to other gyms and doing other things. Everything's done under Killcliffe and and guys are on the same schedule. Um, everyone's always, you know, little tweaks and stuff, but it's not a you actually see everyone. Some of these big gyms, you don't even know guys. You don't even know their names in the gym so um kill Cliff's done a great job of, of really keeping everyone intact and keeping it a real core group of of guys who all support each other
0: who's a person at kill Cliff that's an up-and-comer they might be young or somebody that's just had their amateur record maybe two professional fights that you see a lot of potential in that nobody knows about yet
1: yeah so we got um we got two minnesota wrestlers uh down here, I got Mitch McKee. He's 4-0, uh, 135 pounder, very talented. Um, excited to see him continue to to rise and and, and kind of show everyone. You know, he's he's super strong kid, has heavy hands, and can wrestle with the best of them. And then Michael Blockus uh, just moved down here. He was an All-American this year for the Gophers, and he's having his pro debut on Bellator card. So. We got these young guys, you know, guys that came from my university, and it's really fun to see them develop and and guys starting to choose this uh, MMA path, you know, there for a while. We weren't having many guys out of college come over and fight. And so it's exciting now to have these guys um, come and fight and take this path. And especially when they wrestle at the same university and, and I get to be there for them and kind of be that guy to mentor them and help them with the questions like Robbie and Chandler did for me along my way.
0: How often do you play golf and are you any good?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to play golf. Um, that's kind of uh, my getaway to, to get away from the gym and just take a break from it, you know, be outside. Uh, I'm competitive, so that's why I really enjoy it. And it's such a challenging game um, that it's something I really enjoy. And not bad, you know. I've, I've, I'm improving, so I've, I think my best score is an 85. You know, shoot an 85, and the next day shoot a 110. So that's the way golf goes. But I really enjoy it, and um, you know, it's definitely it helps feed that competitive nature in a different way besides just you know MMA. You uh, won
0: your first five fights via TKO. So what made you choose Bellator and why did you choose mma if you could have gone you know maybe just a wrestling career or something else
1: yeah you know the reason i chose the sport of mma is you know brock lesnar's from my hometown um we have the same high school wrestling coach and so i got to be around brock from a young age and then got to spar with tony ferguson as a senior in high school drove up to alexandria Once a week for, for a couple of weeks when Tony was done with the show and getting ready and, and that really helped open my eyes and kind of also showed me the potential that I could have. I knew I could out wrestle a lot of these guys, even as a young guy. And, um, then it was kind of just, you know, I fell in love with the sport and after wrestling, that's, that's what I want to do. I had that set in my mind since probably a sophomore in high school. So I had three amateur fights in high school um, back before the commissions and things like that. So my mom had to sign, my mom and dad had to sign off so I could fight. And so I had had three amateur fights in in high school and just absolutely loved it and was ready to go make this uh, my career.
0: How'd your mom and dad
1: react when you asked them, I want to fight? Yeah, I think they knew Um, when I did my first amateur fight, they I mean they've been watching me compete since I was a five year old and obviously wrestling's different you're not getting punched in the head, but there's a lot of i mean the, the just the nerves of anything you know one on one that's a combat sport you know it's it's tough to see your child go out there and you know when you when you fail you fail in front of everyone and you fail by yourself and that's what the sport of wrestling teaches is you know we have so many guys in the sport of wrestling that end up being successful in, in Business and in life, because the sport of wrestling teaches you how to fail and how to take. But you have to you have to be the one to accept that and take responsibility for. You can't blame anyone, and and that's what really. I guess everything was on me. If I did stuff, if I did, was doing extra things, nobody else could screw it up. You know, it wasn't there. You couldn't blame any other teammates. Um, and when you won, it was all because of you. And when you lost, it was all because of you. And and I love that. Um, I love that it all came down to me and and kind of, I you know just a self motivation and, and really taking responsibility and, and being consistent and so that was that's something I really think the the world needs more of right now is is taking self accountability and and I, I really wish that we could get more kids into wrestling just at least for a little period of time because I feel like it helps you grow so much that really no other sport, um, can teach you the things, you know, that wrestling does. What's,
0: what's the most memorable part of your career? It could be the wrestling. It could be the accomplishments. It could be a loss that you had a moment of realization, or it could be a spectacular win. What would you say it is?
1: Uh, for me, one of the best moments was when I went on that run, um, beat Neiman in an exciting, you know, five round fight had Robbie and, and commie and Jason and Henry and all those guys there. And just kind of like excited, you know, for the way that I competed and, and showing a, a new, you know, a, a new me and who I was a complete total fighter. And then turn around and fight an MVP eight weeks later, nine weeks later, and finally getting that belt strapped around my waist and, and, doing it in the UK and in front of his hometown was, uh, just, you know, kind of a moment where you just took it all in and, and it was, it was special.
0: How do you prepare mentally for such a physically demanding
1: sport? Um, yeah, you know, fighting is, uh, it, it's a different monster. You, you see, you know, I was, but yesterday was Saturday. So the fights, fights were yesterday, Dan Hooker, Bo Nickel, Robbie Lawler, uh, Volkanovsky, we all in the back, you know, walking in at different times. And so you see the best of the best and, you know, I've competed obviously. So I noticed like, but just to see other people see the human part of them, not the fighter part, but the human part before um, everybody goes through it. Everybody gets those butterflies and there's, I, you know, I can't really explain it that when it comes down to about 20 minutes before you're looking up and you you get the the nerves and the the butterflies and the heart pump. And then they say, you know, we're up in 10, you know, you're walking. And then all of a sudden, you know, you put your shoes on and you start that walk. Like it's the, one of the realest moments that I've never felt like I've never had that moment in anything else in my life, but it's just, uh, it's that feeling alive, you know that fight or flight moment. and then you walk out and in front of you know ten to twenty thousand people and the roars um, it, it is it is crazy. but once you get in there and touch gloves, you know you kind of can settle down and, and start to read your moments and see those you know, see the little things you've worked on and then you know, I think a minute or you know two in, once you get in that first scramble or exchange then you go back to, okay, I'm fighting. It's already started. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a special moment. I really wish that a lot of, I wish that more people fans in any sport, but especially in fighting, because these days, everyone with social media talks and talks and talks and talks and talks, but there's a difference when, you know, your body's reacting a little bit different, the nerves, the pressure, the financials, everything comes, you know, comes into play. Um, it's not as easy, you know, it looks easy sitting at home from the couch of, oh, why didn't you just do this? Um, but to be in that moment, you know, it's, that's why the guys who are at the top, they're special. They're special human beings who can um, handle that pressure and still, you know, perform at the highest level, at the highest pressure, and, and get it done.
0: I always ask fighters about pre-fight rituals. So Charles Oliveira has a little pebble, and he's got a lucky rock. And if he touches this rock, he's gonna win. So, do you have any pre-fire rituals?
1: I don't have any. There's no like rituals. Um, I think it's just kind of a, kind of have a schedule of how you know how you do things and and making sure you know it's kind of the same every time and and making sure I always you know I always write things down have my clothes the right, you know, it's, you kind of do things the same exact sequence um, and the way you get ready and just certain things like that. But I, I don't have any rituals really that, that I, I guess go to.
0: You seem like you really care about the next generation of MMA. Do you have any advice for people that want to turn professional and do this as a full-time career?
1: Yeah. You know, the, the, I guess it goes from the sport of wrestling what it gave me, right? And in the sport of wrestling, now they're starting to become money in it. But before there was, it was never about money. It was just about the love of the sport and who it made you become. And um, so for MMA now, you know, I've had just you know the best guys you could ask for to give back to to me with Robbie, you know. Robby's poured into me for about seven years now and helped me. So for these young guys, I guess the biggest thing I always say is, you know, you have to have a plan. You have to be realistic with, you're not going to make much money right away. Let's just, let's just be honest, right? That's, that's how the sport is. It's, it's not like, you know, the professional leagues um, where you're going to sign a $20 million contract as a rookie. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, And so I I think you have to be honest with yourself and really, if you want to do it, you have to have those things set up of, okay, I have a two-year window to make this happen, or a three-year window, um, have my finances in, in check, and have my life in check. And then once those things are good, you know, when you start training and you have it, it really just comes down to consistency. Guys who continue to show up in the gym, do the right things, outwork people, right, usually, usually have a, a much higher percentage of, of making it and actually making this a career. And so that, that's really what it comes down to is it doesn't just happen overnight. It's not going to, it's not going to happen. And you're not going to have one pro fight and be the next Conor McGregor, right? Everyone thinks they're going to just blow up overnight. It's like, it takes years, you know, some guys it's years and years and years till they finally get their break. Look at, you know, Masvidal, for example, he was fighting forever until he finally made his break. And then he really made it, you know? And so, for me, it's it's uh, young guys. Is you have to be prepared to be in that for the for the long haul and uh, really have your life in order and how you're going to get it done and be able to, to train at the highest level and still, you know, make sure your life is in order and then be consistent. If you're not going to be consistent and don't want to be a world champ and don't want to be the best at it, then I, I wouldn't even start it because it's a it's a brutal sport and especially for those that aren't 100 percent committed
0: you're taking on Brennan Ward. I want to ask you, you fought so many difficult opponents. What's the preparation like for this guy? And what do you think without giving away your game plan, what he does well?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, Brennan hits hard. He's an explosive athlete. Um, And he, he's really athletic. You know, he's, he's explosive and has good scrambles and he has, a good right hand and he has a good left hand, you know, he's got a good hook and good uppercut. So for me, it really comes down to, I have to go back to who, you know, what I do best. And that's setting a high pace. I outscramble everyone and I set a super high pace. And so, you know, I kind of got away from that a little bit, my last fight and, which is a great learning lesson, you know, it sucks to happen, but it was a kind of a realization that, you know, you have to stay true to who you are. And then it kind of opens up, you know, everything else. If I push the pace and make guys wrestle, then it'll open up the rest of my game. And so for this fight, it's, you know, everybody's a little different. And, you know, Ward has a lot of power in his hands and has good wrestling. So I know I'm going to have to be very, very smart and put him in my positions, right? Not get into a crazy, wild fight, you know, with swinging and and kind of get into his game plan. I got to be technical, get him tired, and then I can open things up.
0: I believe Bo Nickel and Robbie Lawler actually got a 38-second finish. I believe they both got the same time in their fight. I want to ask you what you think about Bo Nickel's trajectory in the sport. Do you see him collecting a belt? Because he's only trained for one year and he looks that good in MMA.
1: Yeah, you know I uh, I know Bo and <clears throat> his wrestling is top notch. He's long. And the, the the thing about his wrestling is is it's not just a standard folk style uh, club hard go forward. He can scramble, and that's really what helps in in MMA is the ability to scramble and be lucid, not so tight and kind of herky jerky. You know, Bo's loose. Um, I I think once he gets a hold of any, you know, any of those 85 pounders, if he gets his hands locked or he gets to a leg, he's going to end up on top. He's just a better wrestler in those positions. Um, you know, his striking looked really good. Um, this last fight, you know, the guy was a little shorter. So I, you know, it'll be interesting to see when, when Bo starts moving up these ranks and, uh, fighting guys that are like, you know, an Izzy, for example, you know, it's crazy. We're already talking about like Izzy and these guys, that's how good Bo is. Um, But it'll be very interesting to see how they deal with it. Um, So I I think, you know, I think absolutely Bo can get a belt and, and he continues to just improve his striking and make everything flow together and, you know, putting in the level changes to punches, you know, he's obviously got power in his hands, um he's gonna be really dangerous for anybody to fight
0: that's all we have time for ladies and gentlemen thank you very much logan for coming on the show is there anything you want to plug before we finish the podcast no i'm all good follow logan on instagram link in the description and subscribe to anything combat on youtube thanks guys bye